everyone and happy Christmas. It's a real privilege to be bringing you the offering message on Christmas Day. Um, I don't know if you can see because it's a very murky day but I'm actually at Windsor Castle and this is where the Queen will be spending Christmas. And I was thinking, you know, Windsor Castle's been here for years, it's where kings and queens live, but at Christmas we were sent a king, but he didn't live in a castle or a palace. He was born in a stable and he came to be with us and to live amongst us. And what a gift that is. So the scripture for today is from Isaiah 7 verse 14. Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, a virgin will be with child and bear a son and she will call his name Emmanuel which translated means God with us. And at Christmas, it's just amazing to reflect on the fact that God is with us and he has given us so much. And perhaps we could just take a little while just to reflect and think about what we can give back to God in the coming 12 months. Um, I'd just like to leave you with um, some words from the carol in the bleak midwinter. What can I give him, poor as I am? If I were a shepherd, I would bring a lamb. If I were a wise man, I would do my part. Yet what can I give him, give him my heart? So I'd just like to pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the gift of your son at Christmas. And Lord, I pray that in the coming 12 months, you will show each one of us what you would like us to give, whether that be our time, our money, just to serve you in whatever way you would wish, Lord. So Father, we say thank you again for the gift of your son. What a beautiful time of the year to celebrate the birth of Christ and the fact that you and I can't focus on shopping malls, gifts and the family coming over, but we need to focus on the most important thing and that is the greatest gift of all being given to us. And so this year is quite special. The fact that we can actually just turn our focus on the true meaning of Christmas. And so I want to just before we read the whole um, part in the Bible in Luke uh, surrounding the birth of Christ, I just want to leave a few things with you concerning um, just Christ not just being a normal baby. The fact that he came to this earth uh, to, to come and do something supernatural, uh, extraordinary. The fact that he came from God and he came to fulfill the prophecy to us. And so I've just um, derived a few facts from ChristianAnswers.net. So please go and uh, look it up if you want to. There's lots more. Um, but I'm going to leave a few with you um, that might just this morning bless you um, in, in celebrating the birth of Christ. The first one is, did you know that in the Old Testament, Micah, the prophet Micah, already 700 years before Christ, predicted that the this, this, uh, salvation and the Messiah will come from Bethlehem. So Micah 5 verse 2. 
But you, O Bethlehem, who are too little to be among the clans of Judah, from you shall come forth for me, one who is to be ruler in Israel, whose coming forth is from of old, from ancient days. What is the chance that a prophet will 700 years before the birth of Christ already predict where he will be born? The second thing that I want to mention is that at about the same time, Isaiah also predicted that Christ will come from a virgin. Isaiah 7 verse 14. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. In those days, you know, talking about a birth from a virgin is so ridiculous. And yet Isaiah was bold enough to uh, proclaim about 700 years before Christ already that he will come from a woman that conceives out of God himself giving birth to a little boy called Jesus, the Messiah, to save the world. Thirdly, prophecy um, in the 1012 before Christ specified that the Messiah's hands and feet will eventually be pierced, a clear reference to the death by crucifixion for Christ. This was 800 years before the Romans ever instituted even crucifixion as a form of capital punishment. What is the chance? <laughs> and so in Malachi, number four, in Malachi chapter three, verse one, it says in 425 before Christ that the Messiah would be contemporary with the temple in uh, Jerusalem, a temple that was destroyed 70 after Christ and never be rebuilt. Malachi 3 verse 1, Behold, I send my messenger, and he will prepare the way before me. And the Lord whom you seek will suddenly come to his temple. And the messenger of the covenant in whom you delight, behold, he is coming, says the Lord of hosts. Number five. Well, if all this does not impress you, I just want to... Uh, compare Zechariah 4, oh no, Zechariah 11, verse 11 to 13. And this was written about 500 years before Christ. Uh, these prophets really prophesied in boldness and in faith uh, to things that they did not even see in their lifetime. So I want to compare Zechariah with Matthew 27, which is in the New Testament after the birth of Christ. Uh, Matthew 27, 3 to 10, which is an account of Christ. Um, and this was written about 25 to 30 years after Christ. So listen to this, Zechariah 11, verse 11 to 13. So it was annulled on that day, the sheep traders who were watching me knew that it was the word of the Lord. Then I said to them, if it seems good to you, give me my wages, but if not, keep them. And they waited out my wages, 30 pieces of silver. Then the Lord said to me, throw it to the potter. The lordly, lordly price at which I was priced by them. So I took the 30 pieces of silver and threw them into the house of the Lord to the potter. Now listen to Matthew 27 verse 3 to 10. 
then when Judas, his betrayer, and I want to remind you this was um, more than 500 years before Christ, that um, it was written in Zechariah. Listen to Matthew now, after Christ, 25 after Christ. Then when Judas, his betrayer, saw that Jesus was condemned, he changed his mind and brought back the 30 pieces of silver to chief priests and elders, saying, I've sinned, but betraying innocent blood. They said, what is this to us? See to it yourself. And throwing down the pieces of silver into the temple, he departed and he went and hanged himself. But the chief priest, taking the pieces of silver, said, it's not lawful to put them into the treasury, since it is blood money. So they took counsel and brought them with him in the potter's field as a burial place for the strangers. Therefore, the field has been called the field of blood to this day. Then was fulfilled that has been spoken by the prophet Jeremiah, saying, And they took thirty pieces of silver, the price of him whom a price had been set by some of the sons of Israel. And they gave them the potter's field as the Lord directed to me. Number six, a number of years ago, um, uh, Peter Stoner and uh, Robert Newman wrote a book, Science Speaks. And in this book, it was actually, um, you know, just based on scientific research uh, about Christ and the probability um, that Christ would be born. Um, it said without the odds of any one man in all of history fulfilling even only eight of 60 major prophecies, only eight of the 60 prophecies that Jesus fulfilled. There was more than 60, but the major prophecies, even if they just take eight of those prophecies for any man to fulfill these things, what would be the chance? And, um, and so they... Um, the probability that Jesus of Nazareth could have fulfilled even eight such prophecies would be only one in 10 to the time 17. So 10 with 17 noughts afterwards. <laughs> um, that's the chance for a person to get eight prophecies being fulfilled in their lifetime from prophets that prophesied it before their lifetime. And so Stoner actually claims and he says that the chance of this to, to happen, if you take coins, um, uh, you know, silver dollars, and you would put it over Texas. Now, Texas, just for those who don't know, is about three times the size of the United Kingdom. And um, so if you if you take Texas, which is a big state in uh, the United States, and you would cover it two feet of um, silver coins and a person would walk from the one side to the other. Now, it normally takes by car days to drive through Texas. But if such a person would walk through those coins and pick up one coin in and among all of the coins that is covering the whole of Texas, that would be the chance for a person to fulfill these prophecies. And so we can rest assured that Jesus Christ came to this world to come and save us and that he came from the Father above 
to come and reveal the love and the heart of the Father for each one of us to choose Him and to walk a living relationship with Him. So for all who are lonely, for all who are questioning these days what life is about, for all of you that are even wondering what this crazy year you know, is bringing into your life and changing within your life, brings you to a crossroads and a time for questions to be asked, I can tell you the greatest gift has come over 2,000 years ago to this earth to come and bring redemption to us. It's your opportunity to choose. It's your opportunity to make him the Lord of your life as well. Richard Halverson wrote, The fact is, the birth, crucifixion and bodily resurrection of Jesus Christ are celebrated worldwide by folk of every race, language, color, every year. And believing in Jesus, they have been delivered from the most evil, disastrous, frustrating, debilitating habits and life forms possible. The real problem with Jesus Christ is not the folk can't believe in him, but that they won't believe in him. Let's celebrate this year the gift of Christ in our lives. We're going to read out of Luke chapter 1 and 2 to, to you this morning. And we want to trust that as a church, because all of us... Um, you know, uh, read some of the verses and we want to trust that you will be able to follow the story and to make a choice to, to follow the King of all Kings and to make this Christmas one that counts. Thank you. Inasmuch as many have undertaken to compile a narrative of the things that have been accomplished among us, just as those who from the beginning were eyewitnesses and ministers of the word have delivered them to us, it seemed good to me also, having followed all things closely for some time past, to write an orderly account for you, most excellent Theophilus, that you may have certainty concerning the things you have been taught. In the days of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah of the division of Abijah, and he had a wife from the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. And they were both righteous before God, walking blamelessly in all the commandments and statutes of the Lord. But they had no child because Elizabeth was barren, and both were advanced in years. Now while he was serving as priest before God, when his division was on duty, according to the custom of the priesthood, he was chosen by lot to enter the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And the whole multitude of the people were praying outside at the hour of incense. And there appeared to him an angel of the Lord standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And Zechariah was troubled when he saw him, and fear fell upon him. But the angel said to him, do not be afraid, Zechariah, for your prayer has been heard, and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you shall call his name John. And you will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord, and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink. 
He will also be filled with the Holy Spirit even from his mother's womb, and he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God. He will also go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just, to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Zechariah asked the angel, How can I be sure of this? I am an old man and my wife is well on in years. The angel said to him, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God and I have been sent to speak to you to tell you this good news. And now you will be silent and not be able to speak until the day this happens because you did not believe my words which will come true at their appointed time. Meanwhile, the people were waiting for Zechariah and wondering why he stayed so long in the temple. When he came out, he could not speak to them. They realized he had seen a vision in the temple, for he kept making signs to them, but remained unable to speak. When his time of service was completed, he returned home. After this, his wife Elizabeth became pregnant and for five months remained in seclusion. The Lord has done this for me, she said. In these days he has shown his favor and taken away my disgrace among the people. Thus the Lord has done for me in the days when he looked on me to take away my reproach among people. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favoured, the Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favour with God. And behold, you will conceive your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Mary asked the angel, But how can this happen? I am a virgin. The angel replied, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy, and he will be called the Son of God. What's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say that she was barren, but she has conceived a son and is now in her sixth month. For the word of God will never fail. Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. And then the angel left her. At that time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea, where she entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leapt in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you bear. But why am I so favoured that the mother of my Lord should come to see me? 
As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leapt for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill his promises to her. The Magnificat, Mary's Song of Praise. Mary responded, Oh, how my soul praises the Lord, how my spirit rejoices in God my Saviour. For he took notice of his lowly servant girl, and from now on all generations will call me blessed. For the Mighty One is holy, and he has done great things for me. He shows mercy from generation to generation, to all who fear him. His mighty arm has done tremendous things. He has scattered the proud and haughty ones. He has brought down princes from their thrones and exalted the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away with empty hands. He has helped his servant Israel and remembered to be merciful. For he made this promise to our ancestors, to Abraham and his children forever. Mary stayed with Elizabeth about three months and then went back to her own home. Now the time came for Elizabeth to give birth and she bore a son and her neighbours and relatives heard that the Lord had shown great mercy to her and they rejoiced with her. And on the eighth day they came to circumcise the child and they would have called him Zechariah after his father but his mother answered, No, he shall be called John. And they said to her, None of your relatives is called by this name. He motioned for a writing tablet, and to everyone's surprise, he wrote, His name is John. Instantly, Zechariah could speak again, and he began praising God. All fell upon the whole neighborhood, and the news of what had happened spread throughout the Judean hills. Everyone who heard about it reflected on these events and asked, What will this child turn out to be? For the hand of the Lord was surely upon him in a special way. His father Zechariah was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied, Praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel, because he has come and redeemed his people. He has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David, as he said through his holy prophets of long ago, salvation from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us to show mercy to our fathers and to remember his holy covenant, the oath he swore to our father Abraham to rescue us from the hand of our enemies and to enable us to serve him without fear. In holiness and righteousness before him all our days, and you, child, will be called the prophet of the Most High, for you will go before the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation to his people in the forgiveness of their sins, because of the tender mercy of our God, whereby the sunrise shall visit us from on high, to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the, the way of peace. And the child grew and became strong in spirit, and he was in the wilderness until the day of his public appearance to Israel. In those days a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Corinus was governor of Syria, and all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth to Judea, 
to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. She gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. An angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Saviour has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that has been told them concerning the child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherd told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. And at the end of eight days, when he was circumcised, he was called Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb.